You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Notice in verse 2 that James addresses the 12 tribes as brethren. Brethren. Same thing that the church does. We, we address one another as brothers and sisters. James initially addressed them as the 12 tribes. But then he went from talking to them from a literal standpoint, uh, again, that being the 12 tribes, to an ecclesiastical standpoint. Ecclesiastical. Astical comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which is a reference to the church. Specifically, it is a reference to people that are sanctified, people that came out of the world or sin. To be separated, to be used by God. Brethren. And there are stages when it comes to to brethren. We know that new Christians are considered babes. They're brethren, but they're their babes just got saved and their, their thing is to desire the sincere milk of the word in order to grow thereby. Even as babes, the implication is that as Christians, we should always be heading toward maturity. Desire the sincere milk that you may grow there. Always headed toward maturity. Going from one level to another level. Never want to get stuck at a particular level. And and in one sense, the, the Bible implies that as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. And we see that a lot in the parables of Jesus, how Jesus will give a a natural example in order to bring forth a spiritual or God-ordained truth. And when it comes to a natural five-year-old, you're you're happy that your, your child reached the age of five and you see your child doing things that... A five-year-old child does. But you don't want at 10 for that five-year-old child to still be operating the same as at the age of 10. Ooh, you're 10 now. You shouldn't be acting like you're five. Ooh, and, and, and spiritually uh, in the church... You've been saved 12 years now, but you can't act like you just got saved. If you still get mad at at little stuff and you've been saved 12 years, it's it's just something wrong with that. I'm still comparing the natural with the spiritual. You wouldn't have it if it was your child. Your child, 17, but acting like he five. You, You... you know that ain't that ain't right. If I'm telling the truth, say it, it shouldn't be that a 17 year old boy. 
is acting like he's a five-year-old. Get mad about stuff he shouldn't get mad about. And again, as it is in the natural, same in the spiritual or in the church. You got to grow up. You have to mature. It, it shouldn't be where a person that has been saved 20 years is complaining like a person that's only been saved two years. Shouldn't be mad to where you have a person that has been a, a saint for 20 years is getting mad at a person that just got in the church. You 20 and you mad at somebody that's two because they roll their eyes at you. They just got in the church. They still got a little world in them. They got to grow up. But you, on the other hand, should know better. You should have just thought, well, I guess she's just winking her eye. Let me go on. Say, your neighbor, you have to act your age. Whether naturally or spiritually. And then when you enter into a place or position of maturity, you have to do likewise. If God has, has ordained for you to be an elder, you don't need to be acting like a lay person. If God has ordained for you to be a deacon, you do not need to be acting like a lay person. You're in a significant and essential position in the church. And so your character should exemplify that. It should exemplify whether everything is going well or when everything that can go wrong is taking place. You still should exemplify your age. Or your level in Christ. You can never get to the point to where you allow your flesh to control your thoughts, your words, and your deeds the majority of the time. I know we all come short. I know we fall. But some of us, somebody can just say a little something, something. And we get bent all out of shape. When you reach a certain level of maturity, you should hear it but not hear it. To the point to where it affects Your mind, your words, and your deeds. When, when James deemed them brethren, he knew that saints had to go through different stages in life as Christians. But the ultimate stage when you become a bona fide brethren is when you are connected with others in the church of God or in the body of Christ to the point to where you don't allow mess to separate you. You don't allow minor or trivial matters to separate you. You don't allow disagreement to separate you. Because like it or not, whoever you are acquainted with, sooner or later, you're going to have a disagreement with. <laughs> Including your boo. <laughs> 
whether that's your wife or your girlfriend, it, it, you're going to have a disagreement. But you have to be to the point to where you don't allow messy situations and things that just happen in life to sever your relationship. As pastor, I might have to rebuke you. But if you are a true brethren, I'm, I'm going to know it and I'm going to rebuke you at your level. But that rebuke should not cause you to get mad and leave the church. Because you recognize that's just part of his job. That there are some things that, that I am allowed as pastor to exercise that, that I have to be gentle in exercising them because it is too many folk that are mature that, that still in their feelings. <laughs> well, supposed to be mature, but, but they still more in their feelings than in the spirit. I can actually know that something is going on in your life and, and rebuke you in front of everybody so others will fear according to the scripture. But if I did something like that, I need to see the past. I need to talk to the pastor. You have to be to the point to where you are so connected to your brothers and sisters to where no matter what arises, you do not allow that connection to be severed. You got to keep the body of Christ intact. You can't allow your flesh to separate what God done put together. You can't allow your imagination to separate what God is trying to work out in your life and your brothers and sisters' lives. And as an individual, you cannot allow the trials or tribulations that you're going through at present to take from you your hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise God. When you go, when, when you go through trials and tribulations, you should have a hallelujah on your lips. Every single day, every hour if necessary, even every minute. You, child of God, cannot allow anything to cause you to stop or sever the relationship you have with your God. Yeah, you're going through something, but God still deserves the praise. Yeah, you're going through something that's been rattling your last nerves, but you still ought to give God the glory because if it hadn't been for him, you wouldn't even be where you are, right? Shout at somebody, no matter what you're going through, you got to praise God anyhow. You got to turn in victory anyhow. You got to leap for joy anyhow. You don't know how hard it is. I don't need to know how hard it is, but God knows how hard it is. But he still is asking you. To give him the praise. No matter what you're going through. He still wants a praise from you. James knew that the brethren were going through trials. He knew they were going through it. He knew that, that trouble was happening in their, in their lives. Trouble coming from something or somebody. He knew that the brethren 
were experiencing pain, evil, wrestling with afflictions and such. He knew they were going through things just like I know that you are going through things. Real things. Tangible things. Things that hurt. Needing money and you don't Have what you, what you need. He knows it. He knows all that. There is nothing hid from him. That's the reason we call him omniscient, all-knowing. And, and I love it because in his omniscience, he also is sovereign. Knows that you're going through, but, but he, he just looks at you as you're going through this, that, and the other. Omniscient, all-knowing, and then all-powerful. Yeah, she's going through it, and he's just looking at you. No telling how many complaints James had gotten from the brethren. Complaining about this, that, and the other. No telling how many had, had backslidden because they were put out of their homes and they were going through, notice what he calls it, various or a whole lot of trouble. You, you ever had trouble just come at you like a flood? Just one thing happens after another. I've had it to the point to where I went through years of just, just trouble. Just one thing happened in here come another thing. I could have changed my name to Barry Trouble Walker. It was so much trouble coming my way. One thing after another. And see when the scattering of the trouble happened to the brethren. It wasn't something that lasted a month or a year. It was something that for a while it was continual. And James, the bishop of the church at the time, knew that something was going on. And so his word to the saints of God that were Losing things, being afflicted, having multiple things happen at one time that were evil, painful, and such. Count it all joy. He didn't tell him, hey, God going to be your strength. He told them, it's time for you to do something. And what you need to do is count it all joy. It, it was a word that, that when he told them that, that, that it implied that, look, if you've been acting like a baby, stop. I ain't getting help over here. Let me go over here. If you've been having a pity party, stop. Thank you. If you done had 32 complaints, If you've been uttering out of your mouth dumb stuff like, I'm, I'm so tired of this. Why don't he do something? Stop. Stop. 
if you've been playing the blame game. Stop. If you've been looking at God and saying, yeah, it, it, seem like seem like pastor doing well and I can, I'm going through all All I want him to do is do for me what he did for Elder Jackson. If he just do that, I'll be. There go another testimony. There go Sister Patterson. You hear her getting up today with her. He wanted them to, to stop. Stop. Change your thinking. Change your words. Change your deeds. Stop. That's the implication. Count it all joy. When you fall into or start experiencing trouble. Let trouble know that, hey, my ammunition for you. My weapon that I'm going to use against you is joy. Shout at somebody, joy is a weapon. Specifically or according to the text, when you count it all joy, it is a Crying ain't no weapon. Complaining ain't no weapon. Murmuring ain't no weapon. That's what sinners do. That's what folks do that do not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever read in the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse, and following the fruit of the Spirit? There is a fruit of joy, but there is no fruit of complaining. There is no fruit of woe me. There is no fruit. you to look to somebody other than your God. You got to count it all joy. And see, there's something you got to do. We, we are quick to ask God to do something that God never said he would do. There are some things God is specific about you have to Like Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. God ain't going to change your mind. You got to change your mind. Change my mind. God ain't going to change your mind. You got to change your mind. Paul so understood it to where he said in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you. Oh, in Christ Jesus. Say to your neighbor, it's happening to you. And it's time for you to grow up and do something about it. I'm a baby. Yeah, you're a babe, and he ain't going to put no more on you than you can handle. You, what you're going through right now, God put in you a praise to go through what you're going through. Gina may set y'all up in the song. Your victory is in your praise. 
trials. You got to praise your way through your trials. You got to praise your way through your trouble. You got to praise your way through folks telling you you ain't going to have this, that, and the other. You got to let them know you're going to praise God until he open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You ain't got room enough to receive it. You, you got to let them know you're going to praise him and speak according to his word because if God promised a thing, he'll turn around and do a thing. Oh, I got to go further, but I got to step on a few toes while I'm going. Look at three folks and tell them time to grow up. You got to count it all joy. You got to give God the praise for going through what you're going through right now. What you're going through right now is not for now. God is going to cause something to happen in the midst of what you're going through. But it's requiring you to count it all joy. Oh, he gonna move on your behalf. He gonna cause some things to happen, but don't don't get it in your mind. He just gonna drop it on you without you doing anything. You gonna have to count it all. Count it all, joy. I got, I got to show you the scripture that God gave me. And then I got to move on. Go with me to um, 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5. Y'all stay with me. Lord have mercy. First Thessalonians 5. And I'm going to read one verse. That'd be in verse 18. This is what Paul told the church. Of the brethren. For Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything give what? Thanks. Why? Why Paul? I'm going through it. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. For who? God's will for you. Is to give thanks. In everything. Whatever is happening in your life, give God thanks. Time for the pity party to cease. Time for you to quit sitting in that lazy boy chair telling folk you just wait on God. Get out that chair. Sell it in your next yard sale. If that's your seat for your pity party. Because it's time to give God thanks in everything. You got to give him thanks. You can say that. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I done been through. You don't know what I'm going through right now. See, you got to understand why, why you're having a pity party about what you're going through. Have you ever thought it could be worse? Have you ever thought about you could be in hell right now? In the midst of your struggle with your affliction, you should be giving God hands of praise. You should be stomping your in the midst of what you're going through why it could be worse I'm alone well compared to all of no good Men and women you done <laughs> been hooked up with, you should be praising God. That he done got you free. And in a position where you can finally 
be the man or woman of God that he has ordained for you to be. You got to be thankful where you are right now. I said you got to be thankful for where you are right now. When I don't make but $10 an hour, it's somebody that's looking for a $10 an hour job. Why? They don't have nothing. Quit saying ain't nothing going right for me. You ain't homeless. You ain't in hell. Something is going right for you. But if your focus is on the wrong thing, you will never see what God is doing in your life. You will never see how blessed you are. You will never see the benefits of God flowing in your life from your crown to the sole of your feet. Look at somebody and say, you got to get you a new song. And I'll tell you the title of it. He's blessing me right now. Going through trials, but it blessing me right now. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong, but he blessing me right now. Looked in the mailbox, didn't see what I was expecting, but he's still blessing me, right? High five, three, four, six, he blessing me right now. Back in the day, God said, open up your refrigerator. I said, Lord, there's nothing there. And you know I've been praying for food. He said, praise me right now for nothing being there. Because sooner or later, something is going to be there. Praise me for the invisible. Praise me for bringing into pass what I promised you. Praise me for bringing into pass what I told you I was going to give you. You know all the promises of God in him are. He told him to count it all joy. But then he, then he shifts. He said, you got to know something. You got to know something. See, when you you, you in trials, you in trouble, you still got to know something in the midst of what you're going through. You can't be to the point to where your whole focus is on how bad it is. I've been going through this three years, six months, seven days, three hours, and two seconds. That shouldn't be your focus. How in the world are you keeping up with such? He said, knowing or having in your mind what I'm going through is going to produce, create, generate a cause, patience to come into to be. God going to cause me to grow up in this. That's what patience is. Patience is that, is that tool God uses to, to cause you to grow up. It's when God shows you that you have the capacity or ability to go through something that requires endurance, but your character is still intact. 
is rough. But you still got your hallelujah. Woo! Patience is when you're in that invisible realm and you can't see natural victory. But in your mind is 1 John 5 and 4. The victory that overcomes the world is even my faith. I'm coming out of this, but it's not going to be based upon what I see. It's going to be based upon what God has given me the privilege to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God done told me this is my season. This is my better. This is my God done told me that, that, that this is the time he's doing what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered into the heart. I just got to go through. I just got to go through this. And let me tell you this. You're not going to stop me from doing that. Yeah, I know you there, but you're not going to stop me from doing that. What, that. what is that? That is the written and the revealed will of God. Say to your neighbor, you got to stay in the wheel in the midst of what you're going through. And that's what patience helps you do. Again, it's the ability of the capacity for you to go through a whole lot of trouble. But you still remain the child of God. That he has been telling you to be. I'm going through this but I'm a faith walker. I'm being afflicted in my body from my crown to the sole of my feet. But I'm still walking by faith and not by sight. I done got one bad report after another bad report. But in my spirit is what Isaiah and Paul Whose report are you going to believe? And I have chosen to believe the report of the Lord because his report is gospel. His report is news that's straight from heaven. His report is that thing which has the final say. Say to your neighbor when God says it. It's so. Oh, you, you, you got to hear me now. When God says it is that's the reason when you go through trials, you're going to have a choice whether to believe your flesh, demons, your circumstance, or God. you got to make the choice. You have to allow, get this, patience to have is perfect work. Because things going to be coming at your mind. Things going to be coming at your spirit, your soul, and your body. But you have to stay in the realm where God has placed you. You have to be patient and allow patience to have his perfect work. Lord, I'm tired of these folks talking about you just stay in my wheel walk. You just stay right in my wheel because you're going to have the final laugh. You're going to have the final laugh. They're going to look at what I'm going to do for you and they're going to cause you a wonder or a miracle in the country. He told me that you're going to be called a wonder or a miracle in the country because of everything that I have done for you. And I'm not talking country U.S. I'm talking country Hewlett. Woo! You know he from the country, but such and such and such and such. But it's not just a walker thing. If you allow patience to have is perfect work. God is going to cause your life to be not just a testimony, but a miraculous testimony. People are going to look at you as a miracle. Why? Because you chose to allow patience to have is perfect work. Rather than submit to the flesh, demons, 
or your circumstances. That's what you chose. He says, let patience have its perfect work. Letting you know what you're going through ain't going, ain't going nowhere right now. It's not going anywhere. You're going to have to put yourself under subjection until patience is done. I'm still going to bless you daily as I promised in Psalm 68 and 19. And I don't want you to forget that I'm still blessing you even though you're going through trouble. But you're going to go through trouble now. God does not stop blessing you just because you go through stuff. Can I, can I be honest? Some of my greatest miracles, greatest possessions have came when I was going through trouble. The first brand new automobile I had or received came when I was going through trouble. The house that I'm in right now That's valued right now at five times what I gave for it. I was going through trouble when I got it. Say to your neighbor, don't don't dismiss what's going to be a blessing to you. Oh, God, move this trial. Oh, God, it hurt. It's supposed to hurt. But it's making you into a better person. Notice the text. Let patience have its perfect work. But then notice that you. I got to read this. Y'all there? Let patience have its perfect work that you may be, number one, perfect. Perfect. Perfect in one sense, based upon the text, means that you're going to be without doubt. See, when you're going through trials and and God is telling you to allow things to keep happening because it's going to create something that's going to benefit you. You can't doubt God in the midst of your trouble. So he has to make you perfect in the sense to where there is no You're not doubting. You're single-minded. You know good is going to come out of what you're going through. That you may be perfect or without doubt. It's affecting my mind and my body. But it's going to be well. And see the only way you can. You can decree such. Is you got to know the word. You got to know scriptures like Romans 8 and 28. All things work together. For the good to those who love God. To those who are the call according to his purpose. When affliction gets heavy, you got to know scriptures like, like Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord shall, a promise, deliver them out of 
all. Every affliction. He gonna bring, that's, that's where your mind has, has to stay. You have to be perfect. Your mind has to be set on what God done told you. And that's what happens when you allow patience to have is perfect work. That you may be perfect, complete, complete, complete according to the text means you're in the will of God. I'm in his will. I'm not doubting. I'm in his, I'm in his will. Pastor preach that I don't need to be no dark walker. I'm in his will. Pastor preach give and it shall be give. I'm in his will. Pastor preach men are always to pray. I'm in his. The Holy Spirit told me the other night. Be steadfast. And I know be steadfast means not to move. I'm not moving. I'm staying where God told me to stay. Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. I'm in pain, but he told me to give God seven hallelujahs. You're in the will of God. Not just when you're in the church. But everywhere you go. You're complete. You're in his, his will. You're in the safest place to be folk, folk talking stuff concerning you, but your answer to what people are saying is, I'm in the will of God. I'm in the best place I can be. I'm in the safest place I can be. I know what you're saying, but you don't see what I see. You don't know what I know. Matter of fact, you don't know who I know. The way you need to know him. It's folks that know God, but they don't know God the way you know God. Why? Your experience has given you a deeper level, a deeper understanding, and a deeper meaning of who God is. That's the reason I can say to folks sometimes, it's well. And, and I just don't be just saying just to say it. It's because of the relationship that I have built with God. To where he can tell me, just tell him it's, it's well and go on. And sometimes I be thinking, well, they're on that level to where they can receive it, but they're not. And one of the reasons why is that they're not used to allowing patience to have is perfect work. Just going through it, but not allowing anything or anybody to get you out of the will of God. I've had preachers try to get me out the will of God. I'm just going to be honest with you. They, they, they'll preach something and everybody around me will say amen. But I'll be like. Because I know it's not in line with the written and revealed will of God. You got to know the will of God for yourself. And when you get knowledge and understanding coming from your pastor, it's your duty, child of God, to not only hear it, but apply it. So you can take the same stance as your pastor. So you can have the same mindset as your pastor. But he says, so you'll be perfect and complete. And as I close it, lacking nothing. I'm not doubting. <laughs> I'm in his will. And my conclusion is, I'm not going to lack nothing. You're in a trial, but God's still supplying every need. Get this. 
you're on a trial. But you ain't lacking not one thing. Your primary thing is to let patience have its perfect work. And God making sure that if you don't doubt, if you stay in his will, you ain't going to lack nothing. That refrigerator was empty, but two hours later, it was full. What I talked about earlier, and God told me to pray, two hours later, it was full. Fool. God just wanted me to get in his will. See, you have folk when they get to going through trials for some reason or another, they'll do what the old folks say. They'll start straddling that fence. Well, I'm going to show up at church because they're going to be looking for me, but I'm still going to be doing my little sin sin. You got to stay in the will of God. So, he, so, so you'll be to the point where you're going through it, but you ain't lacking nothing. You'll baffle the mind of your doctors. Your doctor be like, Lord, you go, I see all these signs, but you look good to be going through all that you're going. You say you ain't had no job in six months. How in the world you ain't had no job in six months and you still been doing as well as you're doing? God allowed Israel to go through horrendous things in the wilderness. But if you check out their journey, he never allowed them to lack anything. He made sure they were supplied. They got what they needed. Malachi 3 and 6, God changes. And, and see, the primary reason they got what they wanted is not just them staying in the will of God, but, but he had that faithful few that stayed in the will of God and he did what he did for their sake. The Philippian church was going through it. They sowed a seed. And Paul turned around and told them in Philippians 4 and 19. He said, my God shall supply all of your needs. How? According to his riches in glory. And folk thinking he just, he just talking about his, his glory in the heavens. Now, the Bible tells us that the whole earth is filled with his glory. God got so many ways down here he can bless you whether you got a job or not. Now, hold your claps for a minute. God got so many ways he can heal you. If, if, if your mindset is that the only way you're going to get out of your physical predicament is your doctor. Following what he tells you. You don't understand the glory of God. You have not read the scripture the way you need to read the scripture. God has a way of healing you from your crown to the sole of your feet. With a few words. Or one word. Or two words. Such as be heal it's just you have to be in the place that you need to be in order for that thing to happen unless God has chosen something else for you how many are understanding but James let the saints of God know that, that this is the type of faith that if you Operate in this type of faith and allow patience to have his perfect work. You're not going to lack anything. Anything. 
I don't care what you're going through. You're not going to lack anything. Almost 27 years ago, right at 27, this is when this started happening to me. I was going through so much stuff, I didn't have fingers and toes to count. This is God's truth. I could be in one thing. Four other things happen. Physically, financially, mentally, relationally, just one thing after another. And I'm going to tell you what I started out doing before. It wouldn't have took as long, but I'm going to tell you what I started out doing. The reason it wasn't 30 years that I was operating in this. I get vexed, talked about God, talked about folk, talked about myself, and that kept me from operating in James. Now that's a little that's just a little of the dumb stuff that I did. I, I was I was I had a few scriptures that I really that I really thought I understood. And I would say dumb stuff like, I thought you said ask. <laughs> and it shall be given. I've been asking, 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 and I ain't. But see, I was ignorant. The Bible says you have to rightly divide the word. You have to become mature and really understand, not just a scripture you have to understand the mind of God that's the reason it's important to have the mind of Christ and I finally realized I said, I said well so Lord if you sovereign you omniscient you're going to allow you're allowing all this to happen but it's going to mature me and, and I know I've told you the story when God told me, he, he, he said, uh, when I finally got in his will, he said, it, it's going to come a time to where you won't want or lack for anything. He said, you, he said what, you're, what, you're, what you were making, of course, it hadn't really exceeded it. He said, it's going to be two times that. But I can write a book on two times. That's been gone. <laughs> Y'all ought to give God the praise. Yeah. Woo. What I love, I've never tried to rob God's folk. Never. Never. I've never took up an offering for myself. Never. Never went back there and begged the deacons for not one quarter. Not, well, not one penny. I said, God, if I'm going to be this way, it's going to be you. So nobody can put it on anything or anybody else. He told me, he said, what you're going through right now, I just need you to endure. Say, so you, you got to do it for the sake of my people. And I buckled down. I went through stuff. I got happy even though I had shoes with holes in them. Lord have mercy. I got happy even though I had shirts. I'd be preaching and the collar would go up like that while I'm preaching. And wouldn't do like this collar. It'll just, it'll just stay there. I'm standing up preaching. Everybody look, hey, you know what? That little collar that went up in that stand up top. And every now and then I have to take my hand and just put it down there and just pop right back up. Just like it is now. Just pop up. He said, I want you to endure everything. And, and then he said, and I want folks to see it. I want them to see when you go get in your car and it don't crank. I want them to see 
everything. I'm going to make you transparent. So that when they finally see that you're lacking nothing, that they'll know that it didn't come because of your own strength, but because of your obedience to me. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Lord have mercy.